Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good, good. Like I said this morning, uh, ready to roll into 2021. Uh, the 2021 recruiting class, that sounds crazy. You know, I really started following recruiting almost this closely as I do now, starting roughly 89, 90. I knew some stuff before then, but like 1990, I guess, is when I would like really jump into it the first class. I could really dissect was when we signed Jay Barker, Antonio Langham, and those guys in the 1990 class. And, uh, and, and now that I'm about to dive into the 2021 group, it just it boggles my mind that, uh, gosh, 32 years of uh, following this stuff, and it, it feels – it just flies by. But anyway, I watched uh, some 2021 tape already, already familiar, of course, with some kids. It's not like I'm starting out knowing nothing. I mean, I start out knowing – what I do is, uh, I, you know, I put together a handful – of, uh, of the names, a handful of information that I've gathered over the past year or two on 2021, but it's not too detailed. It's just more or less like a list and some notes. And then, uh, and then I combine that with, uh, with the composite ranking that's already up on 24-7, and, and I come up with a real rudimentary list of, of what appears today to be the top 50 kids in Alabama. And then uh, I, that's in a, a rudimentary list. Then I watch tape of all 50, and uh, I love the hell out of it. It would bore so many people after the first hour, but I can do this all day. But I watch those 50 kids. It takes me a couple weeks because I sort of have these other jobs that I have to do. Uh, so it does take a couple weeks to go through all 50. But I watch all 50 and re-rank it and then come up with my, my very first initial ranking of, of the in-state guys. It's just my own opinion, straight up. I mean, I don't take into account offers or buzz. It's just my opinion based on watching tape of that 50. And then, then I put them in a real order. And then throughout the year, the order changes as new tape comes in and as buzz accumulates, you know, who's recruiting who, who's got an impressive offer list. If I really liked a kid and only Troy and UAB have offered, then, then maybe I'm a little wrong and I move the kid down. If, if I didn't think a kid, well, there's very much to a kid and he's been offered by half the SEC, I take another look, and, and, and most likely the kid gets bumped up. I mean, you know, I, I kind of make my list kind of a consensus opinion. It's not just my own. But I do start with my own opinion, and each year, Luke, I'm a little surprised as to a, a great example of how this worked was one year ago. One year ago today, I had Javion Cohen probably on that rudimentary list started out around 44 or 45. I watched the tape and loved him. I, I I thought he was great. I had him in my initial top 10. But then he wasn't really recruited by many schools. I looked into like, why is this kid not getting offers? He looks great on tape. And he he just, it was light. He was only 250 pounds. And I, I, he just wasn't getting many offers based on size. Then Auburn offered him and his stock started rising. By the fall, he was up to 290 and everybody was offering, including Alabama. And then he basically ended the year ranked where I had started him out as, you know. So that's just one kid I was right about that ended up at Alabama. And when I ranked him in the top 10, I don't think Alabama was even sending the kid postcards. Yeah. Because we were just not recruiting him. So I do find a lot of kids like that myself. And, I, you know, and I try to hype them through Twitter and, and, and emails and text to friends in the recruiting industry and do what I can to get the word out that I think a kid is good. And, and in terms of information, I've already found uh, just because I've seen the kids locally 
uh, in the current composite top 50, two kids that aren't in it are Daphne wide receiver Malik McLean and blunt cornerback Cameron Grays. They're not in the composite top 50 as of today, but they miss those two. And it's early. I'm not complaining. I'm not taking any shot at any recruit. It's just too early to to expect there to be any real accuracy with those uh, early rankings. But uh, those two kids will be top 20, top 25 guys and are both borderline Alabama takes. I mean, to me. and, and you'll you'll see both of them at high level SEC schools. It may not be Alabama, but we'll be playing against them. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's true. Uh, so that that's my early thing. I've only been on this a, a couple of hours, but Malik McLean and Cameron Gray or Grays are two names that you'll you'll see more of that that most of our listeners have not really heard of to this point. Well, something you and I do every year is um, our superlatives list for the signees and uh, I usually do mine and then you fill yours out and we post them on Crimson Country Club. So what we'll do is read those aloud um, because we have, we try to get different categories than most everybody else. So the first one being the biggest get uh, the recruit that was probably the, the biggest one. And I look, it's, it's a no brainer for me is Bryce Young. Is he the biggest get literally? No. Figuratively? Yeah, he is. Uh, Bryce Young's arrival at Alabama should be met with the grand spectacle of a Mardi Gras parade after the Saints win the Super Bowl. Not a mobile moon pie Mardi Gras either. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> a real Mardi Gras. Young is small, but he is the QB we have all waited for. He will be the starter by game three of 2020, I'm convinced. He will have a cool nickname by game four. Something like the Tiny Magician or La Petite Prince or Smalley Smalls or Little Brycey. I don't know. Whatever it is, it'll rock just like he is. Now, um, the other picks I've had over the years doing this have been Patrick Sertain, uh, Alex Leatherwood, Ben Davis, Blake Barnett, Deshaun Hand, Ashawn Robinson, TJ Yeldon, and Ha Ha Clinton Dick. So I would say I've have some some misses for sure in Barnett and Ben Davis, but I think the rest of them I'm I'm pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree that the uh, biggest gets Bryce Young. I like having a different answer just because I think it makes. The uh, reading the blog uh, better. So, so my answer once once I put it all together, my answer is going to be Drew Sanders. Mm. Uh, but again, I, I'll note that you know I think I think Luke nailed the, the <laughs> nailed it on the head. It is Bryce, but I'm very comfortable with the Drew Sanders answer. I think Drew is a completely legitimate five star. Not only checks every box, every box gets an A plus. Uh, I, I'm. I think he would be spectacular. I think he's a five-star at multiple positions, but he will be a pass rusher. Will not surprise me at all if he is not a starter uh, right off the bat in like the dime package. I doubt he would start every down, but they're going to try to get him on the field. I, I think he'd be really good even as a true freshman on third down. Then there's the sleeper category, and my previous picks on that in past years have been. Slade Bolden, Kyrie McDonald, Aaron Robinson, uh, Deshaun Flowers, Keith Holcomb, Luke Del Rio. Uh, was it Clyde Gulledge? Caleb Gulledge, right? Caleb Gulledge. That's that's how much of a sleeper he was. I forgot. And Christian <laughs> Jones. Uh, I've only hit like two of these at best. Yeah, I mean, I harder. Could call. yeah, that one's this one's tougher. But this year I went with Jackson Bratton 
And judging by my previous sleeper picks, I am not too successful with this category, which obviously means I'm due for a home run with Bratton. He is not Drew Sanders or Demoy Kennedy when it comes to freaky athleticism, but all I know is Bratton would just assume tackle you as he would look at you. He is also supposedly a pretty smart cat, and you have to be to learn Saban's system. So that's my pick for sleeper. Well, I think you're cheating a little bit in the sense that, uh, to me, it's a stretch to call him a sleeper because I think he's so good. I mean, I think he saw it was he national top 175, Yeah, I think, roughly. So, you know, I, I think he'd probably be a guy you'd call a little better than a sleeper myself, but it, it's a good pick because I'm like you. I'm, I, I think he's a sleeper in the sense that if if, if you, you spend some time with our fans talking about who they're excited about, his name's not going to come up. So he's a sleeper in that sense, and, and I agree 100%. That's a great – a great call. I'm going to go true, true sleeper here. And that's Damian George, uh, a guy that initially I didn't even like and wish we weren't taking. (laughs) That was my, to show that I can, my mind can be changed. The very, when he committed to us and I watched the tape and I'm like, why did we take this guy? I mean, I don't remember saying that on the podcast because I don't like to rip on our kids, but I was like, why do we take him? When I watched his junior tape, I think it was. But then senior tape came out, and then all-star tape came out, and I've, I've done a 180. I think this is a kid like most linemen. Look, you know, the, you know, most backs, you're kind of born a running back. You know, you come out of the womb a running back. I think most, not all, most really good high school running backs are good in the ninth and the 10th grade. They don't wait till the 12th grade to all of a sudden become good. And I'm not talking about most. There, there are examples of late bloomers even at running back. But yeah. I just use that as an example to say offensive linemen are totally different. Those guys can become good at any point, sometimes not even until they get to college, sometimes not even until late in college, and sometimes some lightly drafted sixth-round guy becomes an all-pro in the NFL. Um, and, and a lot of times it goes in reverse, by the way. Sometimes some huge lineman in the ninth grade. Jason Jones, great example, massive jumbo kid gets everybody's attention in the ninth and 10th grade. By the time the 12th grade rolls around, he's looking for somebody to take him, yeah. you know? Um, but Damian George, here's a guy that I think may have finally found something that works late, not even early, late in his 12th grade year. Uh, and should he get to Alabama and have total buy-in with Scott Cochran? And we'll see. That's the key. Not everybody has the discipline to do it. I'm not even – Ripping kids that don't, it's hard as hell to do it. But if he has buy-in with Scott Cochran, I, I think Damian George, who is very lightly – we're talking about an offensive lineman from Houston, Texas, that at no point in this process could have signed with Texas or Texas A&M. And if you think that's not a big deal, I don't think TCU would have ever taken him either. But Alabama did, and I think Alabama might look pretty smart for doing so. Uh, that's a dang good call by you. Um, so next up is one that we say, okay, who am I more bullish on than you? And you do obviously one for me and then bearish. Uh, but I'm more bullish than you on Jamarian Latham. I understand, I understand your reservations about this former 1A lineman, but he is big, mean, and a defensive lineman. Three positives in my book. Also the name Jamarian makes me think he might be a Jedi. I said, might. So if he cut, if he cuts off Bo Nick's arm with a lightsaber in next year's Iron Bowl, don't be surprised. And other uh, people, I was more bearish on than you. And this really isn't fair because I don't even discuss this with you beforehand. I just, <laughs> I just say it. Um, previous picks by me were Christian Barrymore, Dylan Moses, Sean Jennings, um, 
Anthony Jennings, Sean Deon Hamilton, Leon Brown, Dylan Lee, and D Hart. So uh, you know some uh, some decent ones in there. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have. Uh, this is who I'm more bullish on than you, right? Bullish or bearish? Bullish. This is who. Okay. Bullish. So who I'm higher on than I know you are, right? Um, I have two answers. I'm gonna have a joint answer because one of them is invariably gonna be very wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have a joint answer of uh, Seth McLaughlin and Caden Clark. Uh, I doubt, uh, I don't think from our previous discussions, these are two guys that, that you wave the flag for, and neither do I, really. I, I, I think based on, based on total offers, lack of buzz, you might would put these guys near the bottom of our 25-man group, and, and it would be understandable. I'll just say that both have a chance to be really good, and this is why. Uh, center, which is where I think Seth will play, and tight end, where Caden's going to play. Those positions are extremely hard to evaluate, and invariably, invariably, guys that end up good at those spots are blue-collar sleepers at both spots. I mean, very. I mean, sure, you'll have a freak. O.J. Howard was a freak that worked out great for us. Uh, you know, don't bet against Darnell Washington and Eric Gilbert being really good players at the next level. I, of course, there are freaks, but I'm talking about this. How about how about this fact at tight end? Two of the very best tight ends in this draft, guys that are going to find themselves in the first and second round of this upcoming draft. One is from Florida Atlantic. He also won the Mackey Award as the best tight end in football, and it looks like he's going to go first or second round. The other kid was here at the Senior Bowl, and he whipped everybody's ass all week. He's from Dayton, and I didn't even know that Dayton played football. And, and they're tight end. Some kid I didn't cat, either. <laughs> some cat named Troutman from Dayton showed up here and whipped every SEC defensive end in the, in, in, the, in the senior bowl all week. So tight end is just a spot where a blue-collar, hard worker, late developer becomes a dude. Center is the exact same way. I mean, I could name centers at Alabama that were all SEC players that weren't recruited by anybody. Bradley Bozeman, John Causey, Toby Shields, Roger Schultz. These guys weren't hulks coming out of high school. They were not guys with multiple huge big-time offers. Uh, so watch Seth McLaughlin and Caden Clark, not because there's anything I see on tape when I watch them, but they're exactly the type of guy that becomes a thing at those positions. So that's my answer. Okay. I, I dig it. Um, I'm more bearish than you on Carl Tucker. So let me ask you this. Okay. When Tucker left North Carolina and went into the transfer portal, did anybody mm -hmm. notice? I include the North Carolina coaches. Did we need a tight end so badly that we had to wait for Obviously, the answer is yes, because Nick Saban deemed it so. But frankly, I'm not on board. Of course, I'm an idiot, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I love that answer. Uh, and it's not that I am super high on Carl Tucker. I'm fine with Carl. I, I, think, I do think more of him than you do, based on that paragraph. I do. But I also question why it was necessary to take him. And, and to me, we won't really know until the fall. I'll say this. If he has not taken snaps from Miller Forstall, if he's not taking snaps from Miller Forstall, or at least our second tight end, and I don't know if that's going to be Tennyson, Latu, or Billingsley, but if he's not taking snaps from those guys, we completely wasted a spot, even if it was just for one year. So I'm with you there. I, how about this one? I hesitate to say it because this this will be one that I'll put in the blog that, that will come back to haunt me. 
because I actually like the kid. So I'm about to, to pose some questions on one of the most ballyhooed guys in the group. But Christian story, well, let me just bring up a couple of things. How many times have we been burned as Alabama fans when we get super excited about statistics compiled at the 1A level? You know, I mean, the, 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 the small school, I mean, this guy hasn't, hasn't done it against the Prattvilles. He hasn't even done it against the UMS rights. You know, so there's that. Number two, while, and I got this from a college coach, this is the way I always felt about it. And then a coach at Alabama, I won't say who just yet. It was, it was several years ago, but um, a coach at Alabama shared this opinion with me. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been saying the same exact thing for years. But it was about these kids that project at multiple positions. He was like, he told me, he was a coach at Alabama, a really good recruiter. He said, you know, I'm supposed to get excited as an evaluator about these kids that can play five spots. He goes, you know what, you know what I hear when they're like, he can play five spots? I hear he's not worth a shit at one. Yeah. <laughs> or, they, or they wouldn't ever move him. Yeah. Why are they moving him around? If he's a 3,000-yard running back, why are they playing him somewhere else? If he's a safety that's going to rack up 125 tackles and 10 picks, why are they playing him somewhere else? Yeah, 1A could be a little different, but though. But 1A's different. 1A might, yeah, right. But I remember, I'll even remember, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell our listeners because there's not, you know, because I'm sure y'all, y'all can all keep a secret. We were talking about a safety at, at, that we were recruiting and a linebacker. And the safety at the time, this is in-state kids, the safety at the time was rated much higher. But there was a lot of people that thought in recruiting, is he a safety or is he going to bulk up and move to linebacker? I'm not sure. The other kid was just a flat-out inside linebacker. And he was one of the first to tell me, he's like, that linebacker is a much better prospect. I know the other kid's ranked higher, and he's supposedly this big thing. He said, but I like the linebacker. He said, you know why? I know what he is. I know what he is. I don't, I don't have to project what he will look like doing something else. I'm watching him do what he's going to do for us. And it makes it an easier evaluation. And you know what? The kid can freaking play. And, and he will play for us. And that kid ended up being an All-American in a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Named C.J. Mosley. I'll go ahead and tell you that name. <laughs> it was C.J. Yeah, Mosley. I mean, don't leave us hanging with C it. It was C.J. Mosley. And um, so, so the point is, um, you know, the point is this. Christian story, I, I like him. I'm so glad we take him. I'm not criticizing the take. I'm just saying if Christian story doesn't end up good, if it doesn't work out, we're going to be going, there we were, taking another 1A kid again. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, that's, I hear you, but that's I'm, my answer. But I love I, him. You know I love him. So I know um, you love him. And, and I, I'm, I celebrated when we got him. I'm happy about it now. I'm just saying, here's a highly recruited guy. I'm still, I wouldn't say I have doubts, but I'm not going to be shocked if, if it doesn't work out is what I'm saying. All right, Jimmy, we're going to do one more because I've been the victim of a 24-hour bug here, and I've been sitting up and, like, I'm in cold sweats right now, but I want to get to this one because you I You weren't drinking I'll... Corona beer before this started. Well, but we mixed with Gatorade. I thought that helped. <laughs> and also, were you having unprotected sex with a slab of cold meat hanging in a meat locker, and it's meat syphilis? I refuse to answer that on the grounds it may incriminate me. <laughs> I've got a lawyer too. Um, 
future top five NFL pick. And I went with Tim Smith because is it just me or does every picture of Tim Smith look like he it was taken with that aging app? He looks old enough to pass for Ashawn Robinson's roommate at the Villages in lovely Orlando. NFL scouts may want to cut him open and count the rings to verify his age before drafting him. He will be a top five pick eventually, though, due to his chronic badassery. <laughs> I really like the pick. Uh, good, good one. Uh, I might have picked it myself if I was starting from scratch. But uh, when, when, when I do this category for years, the way I look at it is uh, being a big draft fan. When you're talking about a top five pick, to me, I always start with the draft value positions. You guys may have noticed, even if you're a kick-ass guard, if you're a kick-ass safety, if you're a kick-ass wide receiver, you probably didn't go in the top five running back these days. Not a top five pick anymore. Uh, those just aren't the positions that are valued. It's the passing game that's valued. So it is quarterbacks, pass rushers, and cover guys. So I'm going to go with a pass rusher. Uh, my answer to, to one question has already been Drew Sanders. So just, just to mix it up, I'm going to go with the kid that I think is the second best pass rusher in this group, and that's Chris Braswell. Uh, I know that maybe people thought I was going to say Will Anderson because he had the meteoric rise in the All-Star games and ended up a five-star and I think ranked ahead of Braswell maybe in the composite. But uh, I think – Will Anderson's great all-around outside linebacker, a good pass rusher, and a good edge setter. I think Braswell's more of the natural, flat-out, third-down, go-get-him pass rusher type that the NFL loves. And I also think he's growing uh, long arms, great get-off. Uh, I love Chris Braswell, and uh, I'll project that he might be a top-five pick in three or four years. I can certainly see it. He is an animal. Um, I I would probably go Will Anderson over him too, but we'll probably say Will Anderson for another category when we keep doing this. I think we'll just keep doing this probably starting back on Monday, maybe when we talk a little of the basketball game with uh, Georgia and look ahead to the uh, demolition derby. One thing, one thing I'll say about that Georgia game, <laughs> this sounds oversimplification, but really it's not. Everybody has this problem. We may have a slight matchup problem with their star player, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, with Herb out, and not that Herb would have shut him down because it's impossible, and the get guy's just bigger than Herb and would have posted him up a lot, but who the holy F, I should have said the F word, but locked on would be so mad because the F word is t entirely appropriate there, but thinking of the F word, who, who is going to match up with him? It's not Petty. Petty can't guard that guy. No, it's not Jaden Shackelford. Has to be Tyler. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be like maybe Alex Reese. Oof, no. He blew I mean, by what, Alex. What I mean, really, to me, Edwards is a, a three. He'll be a three in the NBA, but in in college, to me, he's a stretch four because yeah. he has such a great perimeter game, but he's built like a power forward. Yeah. So I maybe. guess it's Alex Reese, but that guy is gonna brutalize. I mean. Alex, yeah. please prove me wrong, pal. You'll be my favorite player of all time if you hold him just less than 15. But whew, we have a big matchup problem with that dude. And I know everybody does. We're talking about a kid that could be the first pick in the draft. I don't now think he'll be the first pick, but he's going to be up there. Yeah. Whew, we don't. It's a tough matchup. Now, the rest of Georgia is not good. If Edwards happens to sprain his ankle getting out of the shower Saturday morning, uh, I'm going to be pretty happy about that. I, I'm going to like our chances. But him alone is a big-ass problem. 
I'm sitting right here, Luke, telling you, I think the kid goes for 25 points and 13 rebounds. I'm with you. I saw him against Florida. He looked great uh, the, just the other night. I mean, he looked great. So, 25 um, and 13 against us. I mean, we, we, now with Herb, we'd have had a chance. He, perfect illustration of how much losing. Herb can. Herb is the best matchup with him in this league. Now, he would have gotten his points, but not all of them. He wouldn't dominate, but we don't have Herb. All right, guys, I'm going to go pass out. Um, so roll tide, everybody. Go find some heroin. Ah, that's – man, you you read my mind. That's my medical advice. Why do you think I'm calling you? <laughs> <laughs> roll tide. Roll tide.